Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Anilo Piro of Mile High Sports back at it with the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. This installment of the 20th and Blake podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to check them out online. I'm sure by now I think everybody knows uh, about DraftKings, you know, the great um, fantasy sports and sports betting company out here in Colorado now that it's legal. So be sure to check them out online at DraftKings. So uh, good stuff coming from them. But, uh, you know, the last couple episodes of this podcast have been a little, um, you know, murky and honestly kind of depressing. You know, we talked about the movements that were going on last week with the Black Lives Matter stuff. And, you know, it's great that that stuff is still continuing to carry on. And it appears that there is going to actually be a lasting impact and and some change from this stuff for once, which is really encouraging. And then obviously, um, from a baseball perspective, we've been talking about, you know, how the league has been trying to figure out a way to get the owners and players of union to agree. So, you know, um, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, has been trying to uh, take care of that balancing act. So it's been, um, you know, and then obviously you got to throw COVID on top of all this as well. So, you know, it's like a trifecta right now if you're a, ba- if you're a sports fan, really. There's no NBA. There's no NHL. Although there is paths, you know, for those leagues to kind of come back here, it seems like, in July. Um, well, the NBA and the NHL, yeah, it's going to be in July. And then MLS, Major League Soccer as well, coming back in um in july as well so that's going to be exciting but uh you know this is a baseball podcast so we got to talk about baseball and there's been some um encouraging signs from the baseball world that appears that the two sides are working towards an agreement that would have around 75 80 ish games played in the year obviously nothing is official yet but um you know yesterday was the mlb draft and that's going to be the primary topic or the last couple days have been the mlb draft excuse me um and that's going to be the primary topic of this podcast but um Commissioner Manfred made a statement uh, at one point about the you know during the draft saying you know he unequivocally believes that they're you know they're going to play professional baseball this year. Major League Baseball is going to happen um, around the country, and you know these players are going to get on the field and they're going to get paid and it's going to be done safely and it's going to be done right. So that's going to happen one way or another, according to Rob Manfred. Of course, let's uh, let's just catch you up to date here. Um, the MLB players agreed to take prorated salaries back in March. There's been obvious, you know, that was before we we knew the severity of COVID and how it was going to impact the sports world, especially from a fan's perspective, you know, not being able to have fans in the ballpark. Um, And basically, Major League Baseball has come back to the players and has said, we need you to take, you know, further pay cuts. We can't just, you know, we understand that you took a hit in March, but we're going to need you to take a little bit more of a hit, given that there's going to be no fans. Um, The players back in March did agree to the prorated salaries and, um, you know, they've been pretty adamant that they want to maintain 100% of that prorated salaries while playing as many games as possible. MLB has said, okay, if you want 100% of your prorated salary, we're going to play 40, 50 games. Obviously, that's absolutely absurd. And, you know, trying to crown a World Series champion after 50 or so games is just a disgrace. Um, and the players recognize this as well. Um, so fast forward a little bit through negotiations. And the most recent proposal that's on the table is, like I said, about 75 to 80 games. And the players would receive anywhere between 80 to 85% of that prorated salary. So um, health and medical issues aside, it appears – it doesn't appear. We know for a fact that the biggest issue or the biggest roadblock um, – you know, holding up a deal between the players' union and the owners is compensation, and what degree of compensation are these players going to get for their prorated salaries? Um, and the the players have been very adamant that you know we we came to an agreement in March, and we're not going to take a dime less than one hundred percent of our prorated salaries. And obviously, I don't know how. Obviously, the owners don't think that's feasible. I think the common public doesn't think that's feasible, especially with no fans. Um, so the players, it, it just seems if the players are going to 
demand 100% of the prorated salary, this is going to continue to drag on. Um, but for a while there, it was a bit of hardball because the owners were only offering about 50% of the prorated salary. And um, this most recent proposal, we've seen that up now to 80 to 85%, which is significantly closer um, to the play, to what the players wanted. So I was listening to National Talk Radio here this morning on my way back home from the bank, and um, they were talking about how you know, the way that the players counter from this later latest proposal from the owners is going to be very, very intriguing because if the players come back and they remain firm on that 100%, well, that's just going to be annoying because, you know, the owners have shown some good faith here by, you know, upping the ante per se to 80, 85%, you know, showing the players that they're willing to play ball here a little bit and they want, you know, the players to be willing to play ball back. Um, you know, if you see the players maybe go 90, 95%, you know, they're still going to hold their ground in regards to getting as close to 100% as possible. Um, but I think they, you know, maybe they understand that, hey, we're going to have to bend a little bit if we want this game to come back. And, you know, the owners are going to take a bigger hit than the players will, if that's the case, by pay- paying, you know, upwards of 80% of that prorated salary, um, you know, and playing 75, 80 games. And it's an interesting situation because the players have one thing working for them in the sense of, you know, the league can't go on without them. But at the same time, you know, the biggest thing outside of the percentage that they're going to get from the prorated salary is the amount of games that they want to play. And the longer that this goes on, you know, we're in the middle, we're almost getting to the middle of June now, the less and less opportunity, the less days there are going to be for these guys to play games. So, you know, it's in the player's best interest as well to get the highest percentage that they can probably right now if they want to play as many games as possible. You know, if they want to play 75 plus games, they've got to get a deal done here within the next week or so. I mean, that's the only way they're going to do it, especially if they, I mean, they're going to have to have a spring training. They're going to have to have a spring training. So if they, you know, in order to account for that, they're going to have to get a deal deal done here soon enough if they want to attain that 80-ish percent um, of the, um, the prorated salary and uh, also play around 75 plus games. And I think that's, you know, 75 ish games isn't really a legitimate season, but it's, it's enough. Um, I think it's enough of a sample size. Obviously, you know, 162 is the full sample size that we're accustomed to. So we're talking a little bit less than half of that, but Hey, 70 plus games is still a lot. And I think it'd be interesting to see how the players and especially from a pitching perspective, how they're going to respond. So that's just a brief update on the state of the game. So We'll see. Um, you know, I'm trying to remain as optimistic as possible. Um, but we actually have some positive news to talk about and some real kind of interesting news to talk about, and that is the MLB draft that just occurred over the last couple of days. So the Rockies had six picks over the course of this draft. They had the number nine overall pick, the number 35 overall pick, the 46th pick, the 81st pick, the 110th pick, and the 140th pick. And with those six selections, they ended up taking three pitchers and three position players. Um, and, and all of which are interesting characters, all of which I think are going to potentially serve unique roles for the Rockies if they do end up making it to the show. Um, you know, obviously that this draft was a little bit different than years past and, you know, that there was only, what, five, six rounds, um, you know, compared to, you know, the dozens that we're accustomed to. Um, but, you know, the Rockies had, you know, really got some interesting players here and they, I think they've really added some nice depth to their farm system in multiple positions. Um, so I just want to go here. If, uh, if you want to read my article, it's not live yet. It should be coming out here later today. And I'm recording this podcast on June the 12th. So at some point this weekend on the 13th, 14th or 15th or even next week, um, this article will be live. And it's just kind of a brief recap. Um, you can check it out on milehighsports.com, of course, um, about what's going on with the Rockies and what they did with their draft. So, 
Um, let, let's just go down um, pick by pick and explain, you know, what the thinking was, kind of my take on it, and, and where that this player could potentially end up in regards to the organization um, should they progress towards the major leagues. So, um, like I said, the Rockies' first pick was the number nine overall pick in the first round. You know, a top ten pick, which is incredible. And they, the Rockies, I think, really hit a home run with this pick by drafting Zach Veen. He's an outfielder from Spruce Creek High School in Florida. Um, I believe he plays what center field, and I think he can play around the diamond as well, or around the outfield as well um multi-dimensional kid people have compared him to cody bellinger he's been compared to christian yelich um just a really really talented young kid 18 years old this kid is so he's a high school product and a, a lot of upside here um you know with the ninth overall selection um and, and it's interesting because he's a top 10 overall prospect venus but he was projected possibly to go within the top five if not maybe six or seven and the fact that he slid all the way down to nine i think is really really awesome for the rockies because they got great value with that pick um and again someone that's being compared to christian yelich or cody bellinger you know and has a similar makeup physically you know he's six foot four right around 180 pounds or 190 pounds excuse me um and he's only going to continue to get bigger as he gets older Older. I mean, we're talking about a kid that is only 18 years old here. Um, so just tremendous upside here with this pick. Uh, I think you've got to love it if you're a Rockies fan. And uh, there was a lot of, I guess, I've seen some criticism on social media that, you know, they have to go pitching. You know, the Rockies, you know, they have Charlie Blackman. They have David Dahl. They have a, a slew of outfielders, Ramel Tapia and whatnot, that are capable outfielders. And, and people always want to get on the Rockies for, you know, they need to draft pitching, which is what they traditionally do in the draft. But I think when, you know, you're on the clock at number nine and a player like Zach Veen is available, somebody that is, you know, drawing comparisons of, of National League MVPs, I mean, I think you have to take that player. And there's a quote here as well. One thing that I think is intriguing with Veen is he's not, you know, he's embracing, you know, these comparisons of Yelich and, and Bellinger. He, and here's a quote. He says, I definitely embrace it. I believe I can be one of those players. I know I put in the work to be one of those players. Not only do I want to make it to the big leagues i want to be an mvp i want to be one of the best baseball players ever so you've got to love that if you're a rockies fan um and as, as well i think I, I noted this in the article the rockies have a tremendous history of developing outfielders um, at a high rate you know charlie blackman david Dahl, matt holiday um dexter fowler you know they've had some really really nice players come through their system um as well as offensive players um you know nolan arenado trevor story and this kid is a slugger so he, he can he has gap to gap power and like i said he he has all five tools so um you know this is a guy that is instantly the creme de la creme the number one prospect in the rockies farm system um and he really is going to rejuvenate the rockies farm system considering it was pretty much depleted over the last couple of seasons so the rockies get a really really nice top 10 prospect in this year's draft class in zach veen and if he you know like i said if he he has he's drawing the, these comparisons of previous mvps so if this guy ends up developing the way that people think he could you're talking about another nolan arenado type player another trevor story if not better offensively um so and, and defensively he's not suspect either so you're talking a well-rounded player through and through so great value with the number nine overall pick zach veen outfielder out of spruce creek high school in florida 18 years old um i think and i think the other thing too that i want to note here is um you know the fact that he's 18, it may, you know, the Rockies are playing for the long term here, you know, and I, I said this on the DNVR um, live draft show. 
there's no one really knows what's going on right now in regards to the world. Is there going to be a season this year? You know, is this COVID virus going to come back, you know, the following season? You know, by drafting an 18-year-old player, you know, there's not necessarily a rush for him. You know, the Rockies aren't in win-now mode either. So it's like you can give this kid three, four years, you know, and and see where he's at. So, you know, as opposed to going for one of these more polished pitchers from college that maybe can come and help the team right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's hard to hate this pick just considering the potential upside um, with Zach Veen. So they took him ninth overall. Um, and then moving along here with the 35th overall pick, which is a composition A pick. A really interesting decision here. The Rockies decided to draft a catcher, and that catcher being another 18-year-old, Drew Romo, out of the Woodlands High School in Texas. Um, This is a really interesting decision because the Rockies typically do not draft catchers. And if you're a Rockies fan, which I'm assuming everybody listening to this podcast is, you know that they do not have a great history of catchers. Um, I think their best catcher of all time is, what, Chris Iannetta? And that's really not saying much. And, you know, Jonathan Lucroy had a nice stretch there when they went to the postseason, and, and, you know, he ended up walking in free agency um so the rockies end up taking a catcher with a 35th overall pick drew romo um someone that former gm rockies gm dan o'dowd says is all ready to play catcher he, he's ready to play catcher at the big league level already uh, here's a quote from nick groke of the athletic from dan o'dowd saying he's already a professional catcher and he's in high school um so we're talking about a refined and a polished catcher at the age of 18 um another young kid that you know has the potential to be a consistent starter behind the play for the Rockies now the big thing with him is he does have some power you know he can hit it he can hit some home runs he's got some gap to gap power um, but he is definitely known for his defense so you know as is Tony Walters you know Tony Walters isn't really known for his offense but he's pretty dang good behind the plate Um, you know Romo definitely has some more upside offensively than somebody like Tony Walters Um, so a lot to like from this kid but uh, the, the interesting thing is he's not really sure he, he's committed to go play baseball at LSU and he hasn't decided about his future. And I was reading, he's, he's estimated to get about 2.1 million based off the signing bonus for somebody drafted in that position. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see if he even decides to come over to the Rockies. He's been, um, you know, a comparison that was thrown out on MLB network was Yasmani Grandal. So, you know, big time power, some, you know, someone that can hit right there at the bottom and half of the middle of the order, fifth, sixth, um, maybe fourth, if you really need him to. But that probably won't happen, being that the Rockies are going to probably have a stacked lineup if he does make it to the show. Um, so, you know, really nice overall, well-rounded defensive catcher. And I think this is a great pick because, again, you know, the Rockies went with the an 18-year-old outfielder in the first pick. And I think a lot of people were maybe expecting them to go with a pitcher, considering that there was a number of quality pitchers on the board at 35. But for them to go with a catcher, um, I, I think is really... It shows that they're mentally in tune. You know, they're not going to just keep throwing darts at the wall and hoping one of them sticks. You know, in the sense of the pitcher, they target a need at catcher, and obviously they like what Drew Romo brings to the table. Um, and they went out and got their guy with the thirty-fifth overall pick. Now, now we'll see if they can woo him to come, you know, over and not go to college and play within the franchise and in the minor league system. So. Another pick that I think you have to like if you're a Rockies fan, especially because, you know, with their next pick, number 46 overall, they did get a pitcher. And as a matter of fact, they go pitcher three with their next three picks in a row. Um, so, the, you know, they're going to get two 18-year-old potential studs with their first two picks at position, at one being a position of need at catcher. Um, and the other being, you know, outfield, which is a position that they have a proven history of developing, you know, players at a high rate. 
Um, and then they get these pitchers here. So number 46 overall, they draft Chris McMahon. He was a pitcher out of Miami, the University of Miami. Um, he pitched to a 1.05 earned run average and four starts during the shortened 2020 season. So he was dominant in his first few starts. Um, he was ranked the 29th best prospect according to Major League Baseball or MLB.com um, entering this draft. So the fact that they got him at number 46, again, great value from the Rockies. So you got to tip your cap to the front office, uh, especially Jeff Breidich. Um, in, in overall, in his three years at the U, he pitched to a 3.2 ERA, you know, which isn't necessarily stellar, but it was consistent. And he was a, a he was a steady starting pitcher in a rotation that was you know loaded with talent. And you know he he earned his keep there with his three pitch mix. It's a pretty basic mix, but he has a, a fastball changeup slider combination, and those three pitches tend to work well at altitude. And you know pitching in Miami is the exact opposite of pitching in Colorado, but those three pitches should carry over well to altitude. You know they don't rely on as much break and movement as say the curveball. Um, he does have a curveball that's it's kind of like a curve slider mix, um, but the fastball and the changeup are his bread and butter, um, and he relies on precision, consistency, and accuracy. So um, I think. It's it's a great pick, you know, someone with a lot of talent to potentially be a middle of the rotation type guy. Um, he's pitched in the in, in the college ranks for a few seasons now, so he's more polished than some of these high school pitchers or some of these younger pitchers. Um, so I, again, I think great value, um, and you know, we'll see how he, he we'll see how he progresses within the Rocky system. Um, there is a chance, you know, that the Rockies could decide to make him try to convert him into a relief pitcher if they see fit, um, but you know, that's uh, to be decided, you know, in about a year or a couple years from now. So moving along, the number with the uh, third with their third round selection number number eighty one. Excuse me, their third round selection, the eighty first overall pick. They took another ACC pitcher in Sam Weatherly. He uh, pitches for the Clemson. He pitches for Clemson. Um, so another ACC product. He was two and zero with a zero point seven nine ERA and four starts before the twenty twenty season was abruptly ended due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. And uh, get this, opponents hit just zero oh ninety six against him during his four starts so far this season. So we're talking about a lefty flamethrower, uh, a southpaw that the Rockies are going to now have within their um, within their. Um, prospect ranks a guy that throws hard um he has some command issues so you know his first couple years in college with clemson he did spend them uh, in the bullpen but uh he earned the trust of the coaching staff and was entered with, he entered the rotation for the 2020 season and um you know for the few starts that he made he delivered so um good stuff right now out of sam weatherly i think another good pick and a lefty you know how don't you like that you know you always got to like the lefties uh with the, with the deception that they bring to the table um and a hard throwing lefty at that so we'll see where he ends up uh, another guy that i think is profiled as a starter for the major leagues but maybe you see him transition to the bullpen um Moving along here, round four with the 110th overall pick. The Rockies with a bit of a shocker here. They go local, and uh, this was a great pick, I feel like. Case Williams, who's a pitcher from Douglas County High School, was the pick with 110th overall. Um, and, you know, it was undoubtedly unexpected given that he wasn't on the MLB's top 200 prospects list. Uh, but the Rockies decided to roll the dice on him and took him with the 110th overall pick. Um, and I think part there, there's a couple things in, in, you know, listening to the transcripts from Jeff Breidich and him from um, um, Williams himself, you know, part of this, I think, is uh, the Rockies feel okay taking a player that isn't nationally ranked like that with the 110th overall pick because he's he's homegrown. You know, they had the opportunity to watch him all throughout high school, watch him progress. And, and it's somebody that is used and acclimated to pitching at altitude, someone that's used to pitching in the thin air. Um, and, I, you know, 
in the fourth round, you know, in a draft that's kind of all over the place given the circumstances going on in the world, I think it's a it's a potential nice value pick. I think you know there, there's obviously great players. There's there there aren't be better more talented polished prospects on the board, but you know you gotta you gotta try to tap into your local sector here, and that's exactly what the Rockies do. And Colorado isn't necessarily known as a hotbed for baseball, but look, this is where Kyle Freeland came from. You know, Roy Halladay is a Colorado. He grew up in pitching over at Arvada West. So not trying to say that Williams could be one of those two guys. But, you know, there, there maybe is some untapped potential with the Colorado pitchers. And obviously the Rockies found one in Case Williams that they like. So they end up taking him in the fourth round um, from out of Douglas County High School. So we'll see how the local kid uh, produces here for the Rockies. I want to take a second here in the middle of the podcast to talk about DraftKings, and that's because golf is back. That's right. We have a full weekend ahead of, of golf ahead of us, and even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash winnings don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. It doesn't get any closer to, to a major than this with all the heavy hitters taking the course, and DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all of your bets in for, the, for this weekend's tournament. Head to the app right now and check at all that they have to offer, including player prop bets, day-to-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds, bo- odds boosts and promotions throughout the weekend. You do not want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out and uh, with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just enter code MHS when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus compromised, a first deposit bonus, and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, so we've gone through the first four picks for the Rockies, and, and they rounded out. You know, they went three picks in a row there in the middle rounds, and they decided here in the fifth round to select a shortstop with the 140th overall pick, Jack Blum. Blomgren. I really apologize if I. I'm so bad with last names. Um, but the the Michigan Wolverine shortstop. Um, you know, this is a, a steady defensive guy, somebody that is not necessarily known for his offense. I believe he only five home runs and less than two dozen doubles in his few years over in Michigan. So um, he, he he's solid, though. You know, he played 137 games for the Wolverines and started in all 137 games at shortstop, which we all know is a very competitive position, especially in the college ranks. Um, there's a lot of moxie and a lot of. Um, um, you know, expectation that comes with playing with, with playing shortstop. So, you know, for him to hold it down for 137 starts, I think is um, saying something. For him to not come off the bench in any of the games he played, I think is saying something as well. So, a good character guy, someone that is going to play sharp defense and, and potentially maybe someone that you can see as a utility guy who can move around the infield. You're going to see him play some shortstop, maybe some third base, some second, maybe some first. So, um, we'll see. If the, we'll have to see what the Rockies do with Jack Blumgren, um, the shortstop out of Michigan. And I really, really apologize if. I if I said that wrong, I'm so bad with names. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm really, really sorry. But let's go ahead and recap. Uh, I think you know six really, really nice picks here for the Rockies. Um, you know, with Zach Veen, number nine overall, a guy who has the potential to be a superstar. I mean, we're talking like I said, Cody, Bell- Cody Bellinger um, esque. Um, a guy that is potentially going to be a cog in the middle of the lineup next to Trevor Story and David Dahl for years to come. Um, 
I think it's a great pick at number nine. 18 years old. There's no pressure on him to develop right now. Um, he's a go get. He's a go getter. Um, this is a guy that has had to earn his keep all all along his career. You know, early on in high school, you know, he almost didn't make his freshman varsity team because people thought he was undersized. So he's always been. You know, he's always had to earn his keep in the sense that he's always working hard. Um, people have always doubted him, and and that's driven him to you know where he is today and he's the number nine overall pick so um great value for the rockies that first overall pick uh with it with the with their first round pick excuse me at number nine uh, and then at number 35 they pick up a catcher in drew romo um a big position of need so i think it's nice to see the rockies finally branch out of their comfort zone a little bit and um select a catcher for the first time ever ahead of the um before the third round so prior to that um tom murphy um, the catcher they had selected in the third round was the highest overall they had selected a catcher in the draft. So, um, you know, this is a guy that is an, a wizard defensively. Dan O'Dowd said he's ready to play right now, despite only being 18 years old. Uh, but, you know, there's a he has the opportunity to go play at LSU, which is a great program down there in the South uh, Southeastern Conference and in in college ranks. So we'll have to see if the Rockies can wow him to come over to the pro ranks. Um, so to be determined on him. And then uh, here we go with the pitchers here in the second round with a 46th overall pick. The Rockies selected Chris McMahon out of Miami, um, a steady pitcher with a nice three-pitch mix. Um, his fastball tops out right around 98 miles an hour, 97, 98. So um, that's really nice. He's not overwhelming, though. You know, this isn't a guy that's going to top out at 100. Like I said, he's going to top out 97, 98. Um, he relies on that deception, and he relies on his accuracy. Um, but he's got that fastball change-up slider mix, which you like um, for, for young pitchers coming to Coors Field. So we'll see how he progresses. Uh, in the third round, the Rockies with that 81st overall pick, Sam Witherly, he is the southpaw um, flamethrower, the lefty, um, you know, came out of the bullpen his first couple of years in Clemson and, and now is playing. He was a starter for four, for four starts for Clemson in 2020. Um, a really nice lefty prospect for the Rockies to add to their uh, to their prospects to their prospect list. Um, Case Williams, a local kid out of Douglas County. Um, let's see how he fares in the Rockies farm system. Obviously, wasn't a high ranked prospect, but the Rockies saw something they like that they liked. So we'll see what that is um, if he can continue to if he can progress um, within their system. And then Jack Blomgrom um, from Michigan, a well rounded defensive shortstop. You know, can never have too many too much insurance up the middle, um, and the Rockies surely got that with him. So overall, I think this was a great draft for the Rockies you know I think we saw some other teams that punted on the draft per se that didn't really know what they were doing Um, but I think the Rockies you know they appeared competent they addressed multiple areas of need and I think they got some well-rounded high character players Um, so obviously only time's going to tell how these guys progress but on paper um, it appears the Rockies had a good draft they got good value at their picks um, and like I said they addressed um, areas of need and they got good talent um, with those picks so um, I'm really interested to see how Veen progresses as well as Romo because Veen, anytime you get a slugger that's compared to some of these MVPs, how, how do you not get excited, especially when he's a top 10 pick because he's obviously there for a reason. And then Romo, because if the Rockies can get a steady catcher for the future, I mean, that's going to help them out a lot, um, especially trying to develop a rotation for, for years to come. So um, nice moves here for the Rockies as the uh, 2020 makeshift MLB draft uh, concludes here this week. But um, hopefully there's some baseball to play here within the next couple of weeks. Um, sometime here in July, hope, you know, hopefully we get some news here in the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully in July we can get some games going um, and then play all throughout the fall. And, you know, get basketball back and get the NHL back. And then, you know, on comes football. So it looks like we're progressing back towards a state of normalcy and hopefully that appears to be the case. So um, that said, it, it's really nice to talk about some some young guns, you know, some young players, you know, getting the opportunity to to go to the show and, and you know, make it to the big leagues now. So um, nice to not talk about players bickering with owners and whatnot, even though we're probably going to talk about that next week. So um, the draft 
it provided us with a really nice opportunity to kind of reflect and pause um, and, and just, uh, I don't know, enjoy baseball for what it is again. And that's, you know, making dreams come true for some of these young guys. So um, good stuff. I think good value for all these Rockies picks. Obviously, you know, like I said, we'll see how these guys uh, pan out with their careers. But um, a lot to like from Jeff Breidich and company. So you tip their cap to them. Um, if you guys want to let me know what you guys think, you guys can hit me up on social media um, at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to shoot me a tweet or uh, an Instagram DM if you want to chat about the Rockies prospects. So let me know what you think. Um, do you think the Rockies got good value? Do you think that um, maybe they missed the mark on some of these players? Should they have drafted um, pitchers in the first and second round um, or in the first round with their first couple of picks? So um, feel free to let me know there. But uh, you know, this uh, episode of the 20th and Blake podcast, again, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Be sure to check them out online at DraftKings. Great stuff. Um, they got the golf this weekend. We got some UFC stuff coming up. So be sure to use code MHS and get your sign up bonus. Um, you're going to want to check them out. But uh, hey, it seems like we're progressing, guys. So uh, hopefully next week we get some more good news. Hopefully next week we have a deal in place. You know, I think that's that's what I'm going to shoot for. That's what I'm going to have my fingers crossed for is hopefully next week there's a deal in place between the owners and players to get this season started and rocking and rolling. So um, we'll see if that lives up uh, to the test of time. But uh, until then, I'm going to sign off here, guys. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks to Mile High Sports for uh, allowing me to do this podcast. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, online, all that stuff and uh, check my workout online at milehighsports.com so thanks again guys and we'll catch you next week